Hello and welcome. You're streaming another stellar episode of Mac Watson Talks. On this episode, we haven't even gone two weeks and we're already talking about another mass shooting, this time in Uvalde, Texas. Also on the podcast, Beto O'Rourke is a jackass and you can take your house for a spin, but you can't take your... Wait a minute. You can take your house for a spin. One guy did and wound up in jail. That and a lot more is coming up, so let's get started. This is episode 204. England is a cup of tea, France a wheel of ripened brie, Greece a short, squat olive tree, America is a gun, Brazil is football on the sand, Argentina Maradona's hand, Germany an oompa band, America is a gun, Holland is a wooden shoe, Hungary a goulash stew, Australia a kangaroo, America is a gun. Japan is a thermal spring. Scotland is a highland fling. Oh, better to be anything than America as a gun. Where was that poem from? It is a poem from Brian Bilston, and it is a very um, uncomfortable viewpoint of how the rest of the world sees America. This is as we talk about another shooting in, a, in less than 10 days. Onlookers urged police officers to charge into the Texas elementary school where a gunman's rampage killed 19 kids and two teachers, a witness said, as investigators worked to track the massacre that lasted up to 40 minutes and ended when the 18-year-old shooter was killed by a Border Patrol team. Right. They, the Border Patrol, there are more Border Patrol officers in that particular part of Texas than say, sheriffs, deputies, or police officers, just simply because of their proximity to the border of Mexico. Right. And so when that call went out for the uh, school shooting, they responded because they would be part of sort of that emergency response that it, that is multidisciplinary. And so there were a lot of um, Border Patrol agents in, uh, in, on the scene of the shooting. One of them was even shot in the head. It just amazes me how we keep talking about these shootings and nobody seems to have any answers. In fact, what what I've noticed is that the blame game starts. It does. It's not it's not anybody wants to take on this issue. It's they want to blame the other side to say, "Well, you're the problem." No, you're the problem. When the problem actually is, we've got people who have guns that want to do destructive things to other people. The problem is is that in this country we have long sort of suffered under this this delusion that guns equal you know democracy that guns equal the reason why we're america and how we got away from britain and and i'm not i'm not for banning all guns i, I think that was that would be a terrible idea but what we but in the process of living under that delusion sort of black and white thinking is we've allowed guns that our forefathers could have never imagined even existing and we talked about this on last week's podcast that they we're now protecting guns that w- were designed for military use for people to use for hunting and when someone says well i you know you can use an ar15 for elk hunting you know what I took hunter safety <laughs> and I took actually took it as an adult so I, so that I could hunt and that's not very sportsmanlike. All right, describe that. So why why the, not? What it means to be a good sportsman is that it's it's kind of like 
I don't know. It's like a social contract between you and wildlife, right? Like that they can get away from you, but you have firepower gun. They can smell you, hear you coming, you know, like all the things that make them be like their their prey. And so they have all these ultra senses to get away from predators. Right. But on the other hand, you have a gun that can reach much further than, say, you know, a wolf or a bear or something. So there's some unevenness in the the play of being a sportsman because sportsmen. It, it is it is a, a it's a game like a social contract I mean, hunting is is a game or it, it's a hobby and it's so when you talk about hunting you know like using an AR15 <laughs> to go hunting is like you don't even have to be a very good marksman yeah you could just mow things down and 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 I I'm like who's the person using that to hunt elk because if you hit more than one elk you're in big trouble with the game warden. That's true. I mean, and you're a terrible marksman. You need to go to the shooting range before you start hunting. So there's like two problems with that. So I don't want to hear about how oh, automatic rep- automatic weapons can be used in hunting too. What? Where is the sportsmanship in that? Like, honestly, like I can't imagine in, in, in the world of like true sportsmanship and truly, and sportsmanship is used in in professional athletes and all, all those things, right? So that every side has an advantage and a disadvantage. It's like when you're on the offense, certain rules apply. When you're on the defense, certain rules apply. Why? So that you have can protect your home court. Blah. You know, this it's the same idea right. in hunting. So I don't like that is like seems like the most ridiculous argument I've ever heard. And and I think we need to th- what we really need to do is start is think about how can we can limit. The killing machines. And then maybe also look at how do we do background checks? But here's the problem. Our current elected officials are not going to do anything. And so blaming and saying you should do this or we should do that, that's not going to work. If you really are serious about wanting change to this on this particular subject or any subject, but this particular subject, maybe even the, another subject that's really hot in the news right now, which is the abortion subject, you need to make that change happen by voting your incumbents out of office. You need to send new blood for uh, maybe young blood. But do you think that would really solve the to problem? To the elected of- well, yeah, because you suddenly, when you have a whole new wave of people coming in and right. they start being the majority, guess what? The NRA can't buy anything. When you have somebody like AOC from New York, she's, she can't be bought by the gun lobby. There is no price. There is no amount of smooching, smooching that can be done to buy her vote for what they want. And pretty soon when you have a lot more AOCs coming in, guess what? You have a radically different You're Congress. going to see gun reform. You're going to see legislatively some changes to to how we allow, what kind of guns we allow and how we do background checks. And we're going to make the world safer for our children because there is something so hypocritical about tweeting thoughts and prayers and every flipping congressman in America Right. Tweeted thoughts, thoughts and prayers. And prayers. Right. There's something really hypocritical about praying for something that you are not willing to change when you have the power to do it. It's ridiculous. Like, I, I, you know, like, uh, you know, what? I'm going to pray for my kids because my husband is beating them. Dude, leave that bastard. Right. Like, don't. 
pray for your kids. That is, why are you praying for the families, the victims, when you are not doing anything and you consistently vote against anything that might even come close to a small amount of change? And, and I feel very strongly about this, and, and I've said this before on the show, uh, and because you're, you're more independent and a little bit maybe more moderate than me, I'm very conservative. I've been a registered Republican for a long time, but I do not stand with that party on, on many issues. Right. I just tend to have more conservative viewpoints, and I, I find that in voting in primaries that I, I want to be able to vote on those particular candidates, but it's but I don't stand with them on, on many things. And there's another thing that's, and a lot of people have said it, and they're like, oh, you're mixing apples and oranges, is that you are so sure that Roe v. Wade is wrong and that we should be protecting life, right? Pro-life, protect life, life begins at conception. And yet once those children are born, what are you doing to protect them in their daycares, in their, in their schools, in movie theaters, in churches, in stores, in parks, on street corners? What are you doing to protect those children that you insisted needed to be born? Right? It doesn't make any sense. It's not really mixing apples and oranges. It's not really following through. You cannot say that you are pro-life unless you stand for and this is something the Pope has said, the sanctity of life at every stage of life. It is not just about the, because uh, you know what? Being a champion of the unborn is is lovely. The unborn can't even speak for themselves. So it's lovely. You, you don't, There's no pushback from the people you're advocating for, right? When are you going to start advocating for prison reform? Those people have a voice and have something to say about it, the people that are in prison. When are you going to start advocating, you know, for, you know, like gun control and gun legislation because of uh, because of the victims and the, the families of these victims that die in these mass shootings? Those people have a voice. They're not it's it, there's nothing there. It's not easy. It's not easy to 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 be on that uh, in those conversations because there's people with voices. and And that's why it's really just. I find it, it, you know, don't say, tell me you're pro-life unless you're pro-life at every stage of life. And that includes the children in our schools. I do not even, can't even tell you as a mother how uncomfortable it makes me that my kindergartner knows that when they go on a lockdown, they don't call it an active shooter for kindergartners, but when they go on a lockdown, you have to get away from the windows, under the tables, and be quiet. In a few years, they're going to tell them the reason why. I don't want my kids to have to know that kind of terror. It's terrifying. It's terrifying to me as an adult. Yeah. And I'm not even the ones huddled under a table with my classmates. Yeah, we we had, we did nuclear drills when I was a kid. We did fire drills when I was a kid, not an active shooter drill. Now they call it lockdown drills. Lockdown drills, yeah. You're asking a lot, but I understand where you're coming from. You're asking you're asking for people to change the way they think about the Constitution, the way they think about America. I don't, I'm not really asking people to change the way they think, because I think well, the people that think that way, you're not going to change their mind. I'm asking people who agree with me that something needs to be done to make sure you're registered to vote and vote in the midterm elections. <laughs> really? Like, start affecting your change by how you vote, because that is the only way we're going to change things, because the old guys... And I'm, I mean, I'm generalizing to say guys because there's women there, too. Right. But the people that are already in office, if they were going to make a difference, they would have done it by now. 
and they yeah, haven't. They haven't. So if, it's time for them to go and let somebody else try. If Barack Obama back in 2012 after Sandy Hook, when he had control of the House and Senate, if he couldn't get anything done on gun control and they didn't, what makes you think Joe Biden's going to get anything done? He's not. He's not. It's not going to happen in this, this presidential term. Right. Right. And we will talk it's going, about it. It has to come from Congress. It has to come from Congress and it has to come from a freshman class of congressmen. Or freshman, sophomore, you know, like yeah. the new blood, the AOCs that are already there and the new people coming in after midterms, we might start seeing some change. But the only way it's going to happen is if people go to the ballot box and vote. But they have to vote people out. And mm -hmm. that's 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 uncomfortable for a lot of people. They know they're congressmen. They know they're congresswoman. They they respect them. They like what they do. They, they, they stand for certain things. It's uncomfortable to change your mind and to change your vote. Right. So and I don't, don't think it's going to happen. We don't need more bureaucracy. We don't need more officers. You know, like there was a time where like we will combat gun, you know, violence in schools with more officers. You know, like we'll put we'll open more right. police stations. We'll put more yeah. officers on the street. Um, that's not working. I mean, maybe we thought it would work. It's not working. We've actually got to do something different. And when the rest of the world looks at us and says, well, you know what? They look at us and think, why don't they see that the answer is less guns? Because that may not be the answer. They live in societies where there's less guns. And guess what? They have just as many crazy people as we do. Crazy people show up statistically in all all demographics across right. the world. Right. But they're crazy people when they decide to go out and do something violent. They don't use a gun. It's much different. And it's it's much less... Um, there, there's less fatalities. There's less carnage. There's always going to be crazy people. There's always going to be somebody bent on hurting other people. But when you make it really easy to carry a stick that that shoots high-powered projectiles at small little bodies, that doesn't happen in other countries. Other countries don't have mass casualty problems in their schools, unless you're talking about, like, like, Afghanistan or, 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 you know, like you're a talking third world country. Well, you're talking about where like, like they the Taliban, war. where the Taliban is. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're going in and shooting up schools. Okay. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Europe. You know, they don't have mass. They don't, they don't have mass casualties in their schools of, of children. Well, they being rarely shot. have mass shootings. The, what they have are people doing bombs, attempting bombs, bombs going off. But they still don't have this, the casualties that you have with projectiles. Right. That's totally different than shrapnel. Right. It's a, but it's an American problem. I mean, that's the other thing, too. And people we're don't not like, like hearing those. Other... They don't like hearing those words. They don't like hearing the word projectile. They don't like hearing the word shrapnel. But and we're not like every other country in the world, though. That's the thing. That's what makes us different. That's what makes us America. I, I don't want to. I'm this is I'm embarrassed to be an American. If it means to be an American is that we let our kids die. I don't think anybody wants to let their kids die. I just think no, they they're don't. not, they're but not they're afraid like, to do anything about it. We need more mental it. health, but do they do anything for mental health? We need better background checks, but do they do anything for background checks? The only thing that I can think of is that they, if there was a way to possibly monitor social media, 
because the shooter put stuff on social media that said he was going to kill his grandmother, he was going to shoot his grandmother, and then he was going to shoot an elementary school. But now you're talking like minority. Remember Minority Report? Where it was like they could see, like they would scan the world and see that you were about to commit a crime and then then arrest you capture you before before you committed the crime. Right. And admittedly, I think that is a part of it. But you can't put that on the social media companies. It's not their job to be monitoring well, that. Well, we don't have the technology to do it. There is no way that we would have the ability to I don't, I'm not track suggesting that we need to do Minority Report. I'm suggesting that, that when people are intent on doing violence, that we eliminate this means of doing violence that, is, that allows violence in a way that is so definite and final. There always, there's always going to be somebody who's going to try to set off a bomb or something like that. Right. But again... Shrapnel is different than a projectile. A projectile is meant to kill. True. That's why that's guns. True, but how do you stop an 18-year-old from buying a gun? What are guns for? Guns are for killing. Right. They're for killing. But how do you stop an 18-year-old from buying a gun when it's perfectly legal? Right. And and I'm not saying uh, that all of these could be prevented because in this particular case, he did not go in there with an automatic weapon. He had a rifle and a handgun. That may, that would fall out outside of some of those just very like getting rid of semi-automatic and automatic rifles. Right. So again, there's you can't prevent everyone, but we can't keep talking about this. When you think about we we go to Facebook and look at the Facebook page, you put a list of all of the schools, just schools that happened in the year of Columbine forward. Oh my God. That doesn't include movie theaters, doesn't right. include churches, doesn't include synagogues, doesn't include stores, parks, street corners, nightclubs. Places of business, places of work. I mean, think of, we've seen movie theaters and nightclubs, like those just give me chills to think about about the mass shootings in those places. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is. I really don't, but it's it's not going to come I'm not saying easily. I have the answer. But I know, but, you but have I do more of an answer. But than I other do people, know, I, think. I do know that I will be using my vote to 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 voice what I, you know, and you know what? Maybe this midterm election we can't oust very many people, but it's a but it's a it's a momentum building. It's a rising tide, and then by the next time there'll be more people that are motivated and out there, less voter apathy, willing to vote, and 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 that means we have to start talking about it. Because if we're not if we're not pointing out like, hey, you know what, this guy, this is how his voting record is. Right. People just keep voting for the same person over and over again. There's a uh, bill that has been sat on by the Senate for over two years now. It has to do with background checks, more vigorous background checks. The Senate won't even vote on it. They're holding it at bay for two years. It's, in, it's is it. Lost in committee. It's not in the Senate. It's lost in the committee. It's assigned to. It was. It was passed by the House, and the Senate, the Senate assigned it to a committee. And they have just sat there, on it. And there it is, languished. Yeah, it is just sitting there, because Mitch McConnell, the Senate Republican minority leader, knows that he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to vote on it, and he won't vote on it. But if so the Senate has the minority, are they? They're not in charge of the committees. Their committees are That's led by too. Democrats. So the Democrats too, are just, just as there. much to blame, right? It just sits because there. they are in the pockets of big lobbyists, right? And I'm talking about the NRA, right? Yeah, I mean that's that. 
That, unfortunately, is the problem, is the issue, is that the lobbyists have all the control, have all the power, and, and I'll all tell the influence. You, and I'll tell you what, my opinion is even more unpopular. If you think it's unpopular, maybe when you're, for those of you listening in Arizona, it's really unpopular in Wyoming. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it's really unpopular. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Wyoming is much more conservative, much more of a red state than Arizona is, that's for and sure. And they love their guns. And they do love their guns, yes. Yes, they do. And they don't want to talk about it. They just, it's like black and white. It's like guns or no guns. They see no gray. And, and they see that if you take anything away, they feel like they're losing everything. Right. It's a slippery slope. That if you take away one certain gun or you, you limit the ability <laughs> to have a certain gun, but you're taking away their Second yeah, Amendment in rights. In every other slippery slope, they're like, yeah, that's fine. Let it go. <laughs> like it just, it's so hypocritical. And there is it's it, there is something so hypocritical about saying that you're pro-life and and but yet not protecting people that are alive. And you have to be it has to be at every point in life and not just the unborn. You've got to be consistent. And they and they're not. They're not consistent. They're definitely not consistent. Right. Are you a patron on Patreon? Are you getting a bonus episode of Mac Watson Talks every week? You're missing out on stories about Wyoming, stories of our childhood, and stories from our kids, directly from our kids. What are you missing? Well, here's just a snippet. You know, why do you want to sign my yearbook? He goes, I think you're pretty cool. I'm like, oh, you never you never told me your feelings before. I <laughs> I don't know what to do. You know what? I didn't see you standing up for me when those people were tripping me in the hall. (laughs) When they were ramming my head into a locker, I didn't see you, you know, busting out, you know, helping me out here. Hey, he's cool, guys. Leave him alone. Hey, I think he's pretty cool. Leave him alone. Jeez. (laughs) Want to hear the rest? Go to patreon.com slash Mac Watson Talks today. For as little as $5 a month, you can get a bonus episode of Mac Watson Talks every week. And if you're really thrifty, you can pay $5 and listen to 60 bonus episodes of Mac Watson Talks and then cancel your account. I'm just saying you could do that, but I know you're going to want to stay because the episodes are so great that you'll want a new one every week. So go to patreon.com slash Mac Watson Talks. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. Time for the Smackdown. And this time I'm smacking down Beto O'Rourke, who is running as a Democrat for the Texas governorship. The gubernatorial candidate interrupted a press conference held by Texas Governor Greg Abbott confronting the governor about gun laws in the state following the Uvalde shooting. The confrontation was brief and O'Rourke relented after being shouted down by Uvalde Mayor Don McLaughlin and seemingly escorted out of the auditorium by law enforcement. Abbott had been discussing issues related to mental health when O'Rourke interrupted. This was totally predictable, O'Rourke could be heard saying during the encounter. This is on you until you choose to do something. Abbott largely ignored O'Rourke, who recently secured the Democratic Party nod for governor in the November election. Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick hit back at O'Rourke, saying, You're out of line and an embarrassment. But McLaughlin was the most forceful in responding to O'Rourke, saying, Sir, you are out of line. Please leave this auditorium. I can't believe you're a sick son of a bitch who would come in to an ordeal like this to make a political issue. Senator Ted Cruz, who ran against O'Rourke for the Senate in 2018, told him to sit down, seemingly in disgust. 
After O'Rourke left, the governor noted, there's no words anybody shouting can come up with here or do anything to heal those broken hearts. Following the encounter, O'Rourke reaffirmed his advocacy for increasing restrictions to curb gun violence in the state and across the country. But you know what? The way he did it and the way he acted, he looked weak and ineffective. It was it totally backfired on him. It didn't work. And that is the smackdown. Yes, it's that time already. It's time for the last word. Deputies from the Iberia Parish of Louisiana Sheriff's Office made the oddest of house calls over the weekend, specifically because the house in question was sitting in the middle of the road in the middle of the night. Deputies responded to Barrard Road in Lurville regarding an illegal transport of a house. IPSO deputies arrived to find an abandoned truck, trailer, and house blocking the 400 block, IPSO said. The illegally parked domicile was discovered early Sunday morning around 3.30 a.m. blocking both lanes of a residential road in Lauraville, Louisiana, a small town that lies in the southeast of Lafayette. Investigators said the 46-year-old owner of the home had been told that proper permits needed to be acquired, IPSO said. He and the 32-year-old accomplice were eventually arrested, and both were charged with violation of parish ordinance, obstruction of highway commerce, and criminal damage to property. The sheriff's office continued, those instructions were ignored, and during the move down to Co. 2 Holmes Road, many mailboxes, road signs, and trees were damaged in the process as well, hitting power lines and poles, causing 695 customers to be without power for several hours. Both men were booked in the Iberia Parish Jail, and bond was set at $125,000 each. Additional charges are pending. Oh, you think? Until next time! Thank you for listening to Mac Watson Talks. This episode is copyrighted and may not be reproduced in whole or part without express written permission. Connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, or Patreon, and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, share us with your friends. We love new listeners.